Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by one of the most underrated actors around. You've known him as Darcy. Captain Oliver Hudson, Ham Taylor, Jester, all the way back to Soldier on a Train. He wants to be shown the evidence as the hard-nosed investigator in the film Confession. We welcome the legendary Michael Ironside. Good morning. Michael, let's go beyond the mic. You've been a voice actor, director, and probably have your choice of roles. Why was Confession one that you liked? I don't want to get too esoteric about this. Um, the subject matter is about uh, rape. Being the father of two daughters, um, I also have, in my childhood, I was sexually molested. Uh, if you, this is not early morning fare, I'm afraid. But uh, It's okay. The subject matter kind of rung consistently true, emotionally true with me. It was just something I just, I wanted to, I was, there's two things that I'm saying. Sorry, this is my first interview in the morning, and I apologize to everybody. But when I'm reading a piece, um, there's two things I want to do. It's, I want to look at the material. Is it consistent? What is it trying to say? What's it trying to do? And then the character, um, is there an arc? Is there something I can play, you know? Something I haven't played before, more or less, these days. And this character starts as a non-believer, very male, representing that sort of, yeah, whatever, and goes through this whole arc of being a believer by the end and and being somebody who's a champion for it. And I wanted to take that arc because that's the same arc I think that an audience would take. That's not the typical role for you because you normally play the villain because you only get hit once at the end. Why are villainous roles so tasty for an actor? Well, that's then you've heard some of my interviews. I've only done a few over the years, but that's one of my jokes when they say, why do you like playing the heavy? Because they says the, the lead gets beat up all the way through the him, all the way through the movie, and the bad guy only gets beat up once at the end when he dies. The truth is, is I do very large movies to keep my sort of cue or my, my cast ability and my effect, the way I affect distribution. Things like Total Recall, Top Gun, Starship, Troopers, Free Willy, all of them. And, uh, they kind of allow me to go off and do smaller films and do films I want to do. I play, I actually play not the villain quite a bit, but just in smaller, smaller projects that don't get the, the heavy press. And speaking of the heavy press, which role of yours didn't get the love you thought it deserved? Oh God, I've done over 350 movies. You want me to pick one? Pick your favorite. No, it's like saying pick your favorite child. Do you have one? You know, no. There's the early one. I've got two children. They'll argue who's the favorite right now. It's an old joke. is like the first child you have. It's like, oh, my God, you carry it everywhere on a pillow. The second one, hey, it's like great you're here. By the, by the time you have a third one, you just sort of punt them out the window when they're crying. Uh, I'm the no, oldest of six, so I understand. I'm the I'm the oldest of five, So, and I have 97 first cousins, so I totally understand. But uh, God help you. Um, I don't really have one. There's films that stick out. I always tell, talk about Total Recall was the one I made the most friends on. You know, I, these are people that I, I can call and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, even though we haven't talked for a year or a half, I, you know, six months or so. Um, the film that was the most amazing, we was way back in the early 70s, Scanners. David Cronenberg hired me to play one day. One day, I was talking to my daughter about this last night and uh, our youngest, and I was hired for one day, and David decided to write, start rewriting the script, not because of me, but because he had already been thinking about it. And this sort of spurned him on. He said, can you hang around for a bit? And I said, sure. And uh, I ended up 
that creating that character Revic, or he ended up writing this character Revic, which I got a hand. That was the beginning. You know, I hired for one day's work, and I ended up on a poster touring the world. You know, doing press for that film Scanners. You know, and that and that changed everyone's concept of what I could do to bring to a property and everything, even though it was, I think, my 19th or 20th film at that time. Michael, it's time for the Rocky Nate. It's just eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. I'm 45 minutes out of bed, so you're going to get what you get, all right? Do you remember the place where you met your wife and what caught your eye about her? Uh, I do remember the first time I saw her. Um, she walked into the room. She had workout um, information. I was with a group of people. She walked in. She had workout mismatched colored workout outfit on. She went over and got some coffee and stuff. And I remember thinking, I wonder who that is. I'd really like to meet her. Too bad I'm who I am. <laughs> Oldest of five kids, what did your parents not allow you to get away with, but your siblings slide on? Uh, pretty much chores, responsibilities, making sure the light's out, the doors are locked. Wow. Uh, and grocery. I had to do all the grocery shopping. What was your favorite course at the Ontario College of Art? Hmm. God, my favorite course. John Gruba taught creative writing. He was brought in the second year I was there, and I became part of that group. And he introduced me to Eli Rill, who was an acting teacher, who introduced me to help my writing. And he and Eli Rill, through him, I got to meet Janine Manatis, who was my mentor and teacher for over 40 years. Michael, if someone today was going to play Michael Ironside in a movie of your life, who would you cast? Me. <laughs> what was the last series you binge watched? The last series I binge watched was uh, the series, it's a, I can't remember the name of it, but it's uh, Alfred, which is Batman's butler as a young man. I know what you're talking about, Pennyworth. If you were in a band, what instrument would you play? Oh, I play guitar a little bit. I play I played violin for a bunch of years. Um, I'm pretty well, I can hack out a tune on just about anything except the loot. What's the best cartoon of all time? Uh, it's, I don't know who did it, but it, it's, a, it's about an elephant hatching an egg in a tree. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a song that goes with it. You, uh, it's a Ross and an Arilla and a so and so and so forth. And there's an elephant mayor, an elephant must, an elephant's faithful 100%. And out of it comes an elephant bird at the end. I saw one when I was very young, and it stuck with me my whole life. What's the last thing you gave away? Last thing I gave away, money. And people will always take it. It's time for one big question with actor Michael Ironside beyond the mic. Michael, your sister battled cancer. You've survived many forms of cancer. How do you enjoy life differently today? I don't wish it upon anyone, but um, it takes the idea of one day at a time uh, gives it a whole new depth and resonance uh, when you've got a 30% chance of making it through something. And uh, and believe it or not, that's, uh, there's been a lot of gifts from that cancer. You know, the way I look at life, the way I look at things, the way I spend my time. You know, the, the past is memory, so it's an abstraction. The future is speculation based on memory, so it's an abstraction. The only thing we really have is the moment. You and I, right here, right now, with these fabulous haircuts of ours, you know, and uh, that's it. Taught me how to be in the moment. He had to do all the grocery shopping growing up. 
can rock on anything but a lute and wants you to see confession. Michael Ironside, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Hello to Lubbock, Hello to Lubbock Texas. Eddie Holly, I've seen his garage. I've visited his grave. I actually dropped by his place with a good friend of mine, Mickey Jones, who passed a couple of years ago. Him and him and Buddy were buddy. Mickey was out of Dallas, and uh, he went, we were driving across country to help somebody way back when we were doing V. And he said, "I want to stop in and see uh, the Hollies." And I said, "What do you, what do you mean?" I said, "We got to be in." So he says, "No, I got to stop by." And he pulled up. And I, I had to pull the car over, and I started crying. I said, "Do you mean Buddy Holly?" <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, why?" And I went, "Oh." And I dropped by, and, and the garage was still set up the way they were when they were jamming. So I had all the chicken crates on the walls, and they still have drum sets sitting there and everything. And his mom said, I don't know. I just, as long as I leave it, I feel like they're still alive. Wow. Oh, God love you. Take care. And that, my friends, is a Beyond the Mic Shortcut. Shortcut.